That's funny. Okay, we're going to get started because Carrie already started over there. It's really fast, as some of you know. So. <laughs> um, all right, I'm going to pray, and then we'll uh, get started. All right, um, dear Heavenly Father, um, I want to thank you for um, allowing us to be here today. Um, um, as we talk about um, the importance of um, wise women, and we lead each other. Um, God, I just um, I pray that you will um, just... Um, to really give me the words to speak and to just say the things that you would want us to hear today, God. Um, I love getting to meet with other women. It's one of my biggest passions and uh, one of my favorite things about being a part of your family is the relationships that um, we can have with one another. Um, thank you for everything you do in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. All right. So um, we're just basically going to talk about why it is so important for us as women to lead one another. Why it's so important for us to lead. And... Um, you know, right now, it's, um, I really wish I had a video screen, because my daughter showed me this super awesome video, but I couldn't show it, so I'm just going to kind of give you a quick overview, but, um, so me, my daughter does CrossFit, and, um, I, I do it as well, but not like everybody else does it, I kind of go in there and hobble along, and, you know, like, I do it for fun and whatnot, and <laughs> I'm a former athlete husband, so it's very challenging to me, but it's also very frustrating to me, because it doesn't come easily. <laughs> so I go in there and I get really frustrated. But she showed me this video, and it was like one of those spoken word poems, and it was beautifully made. And it was um, from the perspective of a guy about his sister. And what he was actually talking about was like how, like, when he goes in there and he does like these, they're called wads, they're the workouts. He's like, when I go in there and I do a wad with my sister and she beats me, like, I got nothing but respect for her because, like, she went in there and she worked hard and she did these things. And he was just talking about how, like, um, you know, this, like, this kind of, um, the sport, I guess I'll say, um, that his sister and, like, you know, some of these other women, like, they go in there and they're very strong and they're very, um, capable. And just, like, how really cool it's been that, like, how much she's changed from someone who saw herself as very frail and very weak before as somebody who's very strong. And, um, I watched it and it was very moving. Like, you know, it wasn't at all spiritual. And there was parts of it that I was like, okay, like, I'm totally not anti-men at all. I have a really good godly husband. I would not be the woman I am today if it were not for, for him. Always kicking my butt. Like, never letting me get by with anything. And I'm so very grateful for that. But one of the biggest things he does push me in is that I need to I need to have my own relationship with God too, and I need to be a, a godly woman who um, is listening and has good relationships with other women, and is also constantly giving that back to other girls. And so I watched that, and it, the sad thing to me was that like I think we do see that like all the time now. Would you guys not say that's something that's constantly being pushed on our throats? Like women, women can lead, women can own businesses, women can do this, women can do that, and. Um, you know, I've kind of always been a, a more strong, when I say strong, like physically strong, um, more independent kind of woman. So, um, it was more, it was more difficult for me to actually be more submissive and stuff when I became a Christian, but I do look around and I do see that sometimes in the church, it's funny because like when it comes to like children, we're very much like we should teach children. We should teach the kids classes. We should do these things. Like it's flooded with women. Like um, I help run the children's ministry sometimes with my best friend's a children's minister. And when a man signs up to teach, like especially like a fourth and fifth grade class, like she's like, yes, yes, yes. Like, you know, I want that because it's predominantly women. But um, unfortunately, and I'm campus ministry, so I'm going to speak from that perspective more so than anything else. Um, 
there. It's probably, I've seen the shift more and more and more towards the women really being involved with the girl side of campus ministry. And it has been amazing to see that. The ministries that I really do see growing and changing and producing more are because the, a lot of those wives have stepped up and said like, oh, this isn't just my husband's ministry. Like he can't take care of everybody. Like I need to step up and help take care of the girls in this ministry, you know? And, um, but unfortunately I see a lot on the other side too, you know, where we go around and we see like this really good man who's doing the best he can, you know, leading this campus ministry. But as soon as we leave that conference, I know I'm going to get the messages from the girls. It is inevitable. The ones who do not have a female leader who's trying really hard to replicate that disciple making process that we see in the Bible, they are going to, they are like, constantly like, I need this. I need someone to teach me. I need whatever, you know, and there's only so much you can do from afar. So I'm like, okay, I'll try to do my best, but like, you really need to find another woman, you know, that's around you that can set this good example for you. And so I I know personally in my own life, I've seen it. Like I said, I, for me, I, like I said, would not be the woman I am. I would not have the relationship with God. I would not have the passion that I do if it weren't for my husband. But I also wouldn't if it wouldn't have been for this woman named Ruth Jones, who the very first day she met me on the campus at SIUE was like, you, me, we're going to be friends. I'm going to teach you everything I know. And to be honest with you, she instilled a passion in me 18 years ago that I still to this day, as soon as someone says, where did you get your passion from God or your passion for ministry? First person that pops into my head, study the Bible with me. She loved me. She showed me things. Like she was 30 something years old on a college campus running around, like inviting people and acting crazy and you know, whatever. And I learned so much from her. And so I know for me personally, it's so important to have, uh, you know, for us women to be leading each other. Um, I, um, um, so I babysit a couple days a week. And I also make cakes out of my home. So when I um, when I am working, um, I I'm there a lot. So um, I try to find shows that I can watch, like on Hulu, something I can put on, and uh, just kind of be entertained or whatever else. And I'm I'm kind of prudish. I'm I'm trying not to be whatever, but I don't like a lot of stuff that's on TV because it's just very you know whatever. So um, my sister only gets one channel. She gets Eye on TV, um, and we always tease her about because she either gets to watch Law and Order. A whole day marathon or whatever. So she introduced me to Blue Bloods. So um, I talk about all the time to people. Like, I'm like, if you need any, you know, you need any like um, law advice or whatever. I watch a lot of Blue Bloods, so I can I can help you. You know, we have a friend that's about to go to jail for stuff, and I'm like, I can help you with the witness protection if you need any. I can do it. I watched five seasons in a matter of a couple months. Um, like I find myself like staying up all night long, and like you know, it's two o'clock in the morning. Like, okay, we're gonna go to bed. And Carrie's like, you're going to put on blue bloods, right? I'm like, yes, of course. Like, But I think I, I'm not like a super crime drama or whatever, but it's the whole show, if you've never seen it, is based around a family. Like everybody in the family is somehow connected to the New York um, police um, or the DA or whatever else. But I think every, a big part of the show is every Sunday night they have a family dinner and they sit around and they talk about stuff. 
And I think for me, coming from a broken home and coming from where I don't really have family or parents or I didn't grow up in, the, in a church where I had anybody to give me any kind of advice or whatnot, I think that's what really draws me, honestly, to the show is that they're always asking for advice. Like, one's a police commissioner and his dad was the former police commissioner, so they're obviously always going back and forth about stuff. And then they have sons that are like, one's a detective and one's a regular cop, so they're always like, at, they're always asking advice from the older ones and the younger ones. And I just look at that and I'm like, man, I wish I had that. Like, I wish I could go home and be like, hey, dad, let me pick your brain about something, like how to be a better person or how to do this right or how to do that right. And I think because I do feel like I have to figure out a lot of that stuff sometimes on my own, I'm very drawn to whenever I see it. Whenever I see like a mother and a daughter and like a girl my age and she's going to her mom and she's getting advice or getting help from things, I have to try really hard to have um, godly jealousy and not sinful jealousy, where I'm like, that's awesome. I want that. I want to have that with my own daughter. But there's times when I look at it, I'm like, I want that so bad. Like, I wish I had a mom like that. Or I wish I had, like, you know, a dad who, you know, didn't abandon me and stuff. I wish I had, I wish the commissioner was my dad because, man, he loves those kids so much and whatever. But one of the things that always sticks out to me, too, is that um, the grandmother, um, the great-grandmother and the grandmother have both passed on. But yet they constantly always refer back to them. Like, remember what mom used to say? Or remember, they like, or like, what would mom say about this? You know, when they're like, you know, dealing with like maybe a moral um, decision or conflict or whatever. And I just think it's really cool, like that motherly advice or that like woman's perspective, whatnot. Um, and I just, de- I, I desperately long for that. And um, right now I'm going through Proverbs in my quiet times, and um, our whole campus ministry is doing it. You know, we're doing a chapter a day for the whole month of April. And every chapter we've went through so far has started off with, like, listen to my advice. Like, don't ignore words. Like, follow godly, wise counsel. Like, don't be a fool. Like, don't mock the words of the Like, every one is over and over again. And, and I just look at it, and to be honest, like, it's really important for us to step up, and it's really important for us to lead, because what if there isn't anybody to give that advice? What if there's nobody to go and be like, hey, this is a mistake that I made because I didn't listen to what God had to say, so do it differently? Or to say, like, hey, I know things are really rough right now, but this is what God's Word has to say, and this is how, like, you know, following it in my own life has been that, like, do that, you know, do these things. It's okay. Keep going. Like, if we don't do those things, if we don't step up and lead, and I'm not even always talking about in the like formal term, like I don't see leadership in, in that way whenever I say it, I just want to kind of clarify that I just mean as far as like, you can be someone who has not even been a Christian for very long, and you're still leading people. You know, as I'm not a technical leader of my children, of my daughter, but yet I still consider myself to be leading her constantly in everything that I'm doing. And it's just really important for us to do it because if we don't, then then there is going to be girls like like me. I grew up going to, I kept trying and trying to find youth ministries when I was in high school. I didn't know what I wanted and I didn't really know about a real relationship with God, but I was a good girl and I think I desperately wanted to do the right thing. And I would go to these places and like nobody ever got involved in my life. Like there was never a woman that was like, hey, Hannah, what, what do you need? What advice do you need? What do you blah, blah, blah? They placated me. They, they had a good time like once a week. And then I never saw or heard from anybody there ever again. 
And sometimes I look at like the youth ministry that I get to see in my church where like the girls are constantly over with the, you know, the female cell leaders and they're always like, you know, giving them advice and getting in their business and whatever else. And I'm like, man, I wish I would have had that. Like, man, when I was in high school, if I would have had somebody come to me and smack me on the back of the head and say, what the heck are you doing? Like you, that's not the right thing. Like, this is what God's word says. You need to do this. Like probably the human side of me would have been like, uh, but Man, just imagine imagine the crap I could have avoided. Imagine the things that I wouldn't have gotten involved with. Or, you know, imagine where my security would be at now, like battling insecurity like my whole life. If I would have, you know, had somebody point me in the right direction. But also it's just, it's very, very important that I myself am looking and saying, who am I, who am I leading? A woman to woman, who am I leading? Who am I, who am I, who do I have if I turn stop and I turn around and I look, who's following behind me? Who is saying like I'm I'm either here because of the of the time and energy that you put into me. Your relationship with God inspires me to have my own relationship with God, you know, whatever else. But also like, you know, like who who's leading me? And um there's just three things that we're gonna talk about really quick as to why it's so important that we do that we lead. Um and I must lead because there's so much at stake. You know, just think about, like I said, the wasted potential of those that I choose not to lead. When I'm when I'm self-focused and I'm constantly worrying about me or I don't want to put myself out there because, man, if I say something and I point something out in someone's life, they might not like me or they might get upset with me or they might say, who the heck do you think you are or whatever else, which... I think those are all very realistic fears. I know I struggle with them sometimes. Like, man, I should, I see this. Like, that's either been like a weakness in my own life. I can go and relate to that person and talk to them. Or that's a strength that because I listen to God, like, I haven't had to go through those things. Like, I really should go and talk to her about it. But Satan is always right there to say, like, no, you shouldn't. No. Like, she does her, she does her life. You do yours. Like, don't worry about it. Don't cause drama. You know, what if she gets mad? What if she gets whatever? But I also know that, you know, when the Bible tells me over and over again, like what a good friend does and that we should point things out in each other's lives and that we shouldn't let someone go on, you know, sinning without, without gently nudging them and, and correcting them and, and helping bring people back. I know that when I ignore those things, there's a ton of waste of potential. Like some of my very close best friends are girls that I've had to get up in their face and be like, you are not being a godly woman. Like the things you are doing are, is not okay. You know, you are being sinful or you're doing this or that, you know, and their lives are drastically different now. And then probably three or four five, six of you in this room wouldn't be here if she wouldn't have listened. And if I wouldn't have very awkwardly and very, poorly worded and whatever else it could have been in my own weakness said some of those things to her. But even still to this day, like, you know, getting to talk to, getting to talk to her and be like, okay, like you're a newer mom. I'm an older mom. Like you should try this or you should do that or keep doing this the right way or don't get discouraged and whatever else. Like it's those relationships still continue on, but there's, you know, there's potential out there of those and, and it's a waste of potential on yourself if you're not giving back to someone else, if you're not pouring and investing your own spiritual life into, to, into another woman. But also there's just, like I said, there might be girls out there, young girls, older girls, a mom out there who desperately needs another mom's guidance or help. Um, somebody might be, you know, like, I don't know, I'm even on the edge. I don't know whether I want this or not. Or there's, 
there's lost people out there who just really need us to step up and not say like, well, that's my preacher's job to like preach or that's, you know, if you're in the campus ministry, like it's my campus minister's job to, you know, do this or do that. No, it's my job. It's my job to know my word well enough. It's my job to go out and to reach people and to invest and to study the Bible with them and to teach them and to train them. It's my job. And if I don't, then then, you know, that have the, I have that loss of potential, the potential for amazing families or for people who may never have a relationship with God because I don't. Um, the second thing that's um, why, you know, and I think this is, seems pretty obvious, and yet it seems, I feel like, to get missed a lot is um, we're in, we're in an, a, sorry, my pill is super cotton. Does anybody have water? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, we're in a unique position. Women help women better sometimes than men help women. Like, that. I mean, like I said, I feel like it's pretty obvious. Like, um, you know, uh, um, again, I'm going to use kind of, um, sorry. Um, like I said, I'm going to use the training set thing because... I wish I could use, like, music or something else, but I really just lack in any of those kind of talents or whatever. But, um, okay, so, like I said, I go to CrossFit class sometimes, and um, there the guys will come over to you and they'll be like, you really need to keep the bar super close to your body. Like, your bar, their bar has to be, like, on your body, like, all the time. And so I'm like, okay, I keep it really close to my body. And they're like, yeah, really close. And I'm like, what? That's not physically like, and you're like, okay, but you don't want to say anything. Well, we have one female trainer, and she comes to me and be like, you can't do it that way because the obstacles in your way. And I'm like, thank you. Like, why don't they seem to? I mean, I literally like have bruises like right here, and like they'll be like, why do you have bruises? I'm like, because I was keeping the bar really close to my body the whole way up. But then like she's like, okay, well this is what I do, and this is how I train some of the other women that are also a little bit more well endowed in that area. Is you're gonna have to do this a little bit differently, and you're gonna have to do this faster, and you're gonna have to like you know move your body out of the way. A certain kind of way and blah 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 and I'm like oh okay yeah that totally makes sense and then there's things that literally like the male trainers like do it do it and I'm like I can't get it I can't get it I can't get it and then a woman can come along and be like you need to do it this way blah 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 I was also a high school pitcher and I used to go to men for whatever and they used to always try to teach me how to pitch and so I would go and I had giant bruises all over because every time I'd come around like really fast I would hit my hip like every single time well, obviously, when you're a woman, you are not built like a man, so you can't go straight around like that. So then I went and saw a female pitching coach, and she was like, you really have to step all the way to the side, you know, to get your arm come around, because if not, you're just, I mean, I would, like, be so embarrassed. I'd come around, and the ball would be, like, over towards the third baseman, and I'd be like, dang hips, like, what? But, like, my dad taught me, like, my dad, no hips, no curves, whatever, And like I said, it should seem, that should seem, you know, like, oh, duh, that makes sense. Like, as soon as I started going to a female pitching coach who taught me how to get my hips out of the way and to use, like, the strength of my my quads, because I'm not a man and I can't just go there and, like, use all my upper body strength because I didn't have any at the time especially. Like, all of a sudden, things were clicking and it was making sense. And I know that might seem totally irrelevant, but it's very true in our spiritual life. You know, when, um, have you ever seen that quote that's like, was anyone, did, has anyone ever calmed down from someone telling them to calm down? <laughs> you know, like, I feel like that's in the woman, 
Like, if a man comes up to you and says, you need to calm down, you're like, them are fighting words. Now I'm like, I'm like, like, sometimes my husband will say it to me, like, you need to calm down. I'm like, I'm perfectly, perfectly calm. Like, I'm, my kids always say, why? Why are you freaking out? I'm like, I'm not freaking out. I didn't even raise my voice. They're like, no, you're freaking out. And I'm like, I'm going to freak out. <laughs> but I'm not. Like, And I do feel like sometimes you look at that and... I'll, I'll be talking to girls all the time and they'll be like oh my gosh like I was talking to my husband and like he's completely right like he'll come and be like she's acting crazy she's mad about blah 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 and I'll be like yeah you're totally right and then you'll go and sit down and talk to him and you'll be like blah 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 and they're like oh okay and then their husbands will be like that's what I said and like that's not what you said <laughs> but it's funny now because I'll throw Ryan and Katie they're um Katie's we've been friends for like literally over a decade like super tight super close we've had those like marriage counseling sessions where they came over and they were like like we're in a custody battle that's why we're coming over like no you're not you're coming over because you love each other and work this out but we'll sit down and say that and it's funny because ryan came in the other day and he was like did katie call you because i just told her just to call you like i told her i'm not even gonna talk to her about it i just said call because she was like she's super prego and like about to give birth like literally any day and she called him up was like i feel this this and this way can you tell me if i should go to the hospital and he was like why are you calling me katie i don't know like and she's like well i feel this way like do you think that it's labor and he was like and he said he's like i was like i'm hanging up and i want you to call him because she's had three children she can tell you if it feels like labor and also like if i tell you to go and it's nothing you're going to be upset with me and be like see i told you it was nothing or if i don't go and like, you have a baby in our living room you're going to be like upset so he was and i was like sometimes you just need to know when you need to just back bow out and say you need to go call a woman. Like, you need to go call your girl. Come back, obviously. It would never, like, replace it for, like, you know, that <laughs> interpersonal communication between a husband and wife or anything like that. Like, um, my husband is honestly one of the, probably my biggest sounding boards. But I also know that there's just certain things that, if I'm feeling super insecure and overweight, I am not going to talk to my husband about it. Like, I'm just not. Like, Every once in a while, I'll say it to him, and then he'll start acting like a 13-year-old and, like, making gestures, and then I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to call my friends. Like, I don't know why I tried to be open with you about this, but whatever. But it really is true. Like, there are just certain things, like, there are certain things I can totally 100% go to him and talk to him about. No questions asked. Like, if I need to know something right or wrong, you know, whatever. And I mean, I'm not saying I'll go back to him sometimes and be like, I know this is totally wrong, but I'm feeling very insecure right now about this and this and this. But um, it's really, really, really been beneficial for me. And I feel like in the last few years, I've really grown a lot in my emotional stability and my spiritual life by having those really good godly women that I can go to and be like this is how I'm feeling am I crazy am I not you know or is this just you know whatever but we're in a unique position that we can't help each other out nobody knows what it feels like to be a crazy woman more than a crazy woman like it's just the way it is but um you know we also can we can help point each other in the right you know direction you know as far as being like a mom like 
sometimes I think, I really truly think like things, issues with me being a mom or my children are super unique to me. Like, I'm like, why does no one else have this problem? And then I will go be like, especially working with campus ministry because I don't have many other moms. So I do seem very, whatever. I will go and sit down with like five minutes with like two other moms my age. And by the time I leave, I'm like, oh, okay. Like I'm, this is okay. Like it's not the end of the world. Like, like, yes, maybe I need to make changes or maybe they challenged me about things. Like maybe, you know, they were like, you're being too harsh on this or you're, you know, you need to be, you need to be more stable or you need to do this or that. But I also leave feeling very, very empowered that things are, that things are going to be okay as long as I make the changes that I need to make. And, you know, it's very, it's been very, very beneficial to me, but it also is, um, it's just something that um, the Bible tells us to do. In Titus 2.4, it says, then, then or, <clears throat> it, t- so it tells, um, right before that, it tells them to teach the older women some things. And it says, then they can urge the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, to be kind, to be subject to their husbands so that no one will malign the word of God. You know, if I'm going to, you know, if, you know, we're going to hold each other accountable for being pure, women, woman to woman, we need to do that, right? Like, if you try to hold purity standards accountable with a guy, it's going to just turn awkward and mad sad quickly. But, um, you know, but there are, like I said, a lot of things that I have learned um, from the women in my life because they are also in that same unique position. You know, what it feels like to be a daughter, what it feels like to be a mother, a wife, a sister, you know, all these other things. You know, God did create us. As, as much as our world right now likes to tell us, like, there's no difference every you know what it's not god made men different than he made women and in some instances yes we are a little bit you know different like my husband's the hopeless romantic we found a journal that he wrote a senior year and i'm like okay nicholas sparks (laughs) i'm I'm like i didn't i don't feel that way about the three children i bore that you felt about this girl that you met on a weekend you know like okay like and it's funny because i'm like no i never wrote in a journal about it and Kennedy's more like me we're like dear diary blah 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 we're we're much more like mm, cold and callous honestly and it's a bad thing it's a bad thing that we need to work on and I have to apologize to her all the time but but um but you know for the most part we're different I I'm I'm built and I am made and I'm wired like a woman and I'm like I said so very grateful that that there are other women that have been able to speak into my life and to be able to help me and um and that have that unique position and then the third thing is because um why i must lead um as a woman is because god has made you capable um i'm going to read a kind of lengthy verse um a couple of verses but they god's words has it way better than i do so um we'll just go with that um, 1 Corinthians 1, 26 through 29, and then I copy and pasted the same verse twice, so I'm going to have to go full to it. So, um, okay, that one says, brothers and sisters, think of what you, <clears throat> what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards, not many were influential, not many were of noble birth, but God chose the foolish things of this world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things <clears throat> of this world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and not the things <clears throat> and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. I'm going to pull up the other verse here. 
phone's working super slow. Okay. Um, okay, and then in 1 Corinthians 2, 1, it says, And so it was with me, brothers and sisters, when I came to you. I did not come with eloquent or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing except while I was with you, except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness, with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with the demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith may not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. And I think probably one of the biggest things that holds us back from really um, being involved in leading each other is that feeling of incompetence. I know with me, I feel that way. A lot. Like, who am I? Like, really? Who's... Why should anybody listen to me? Like, I feel like I don't have all my crap together. I feel like I have to do, you know, like, I have so much to work on or whatever. But then I read these verses, and it's very, very encouraging to me. You know, he's saying, like, it's not... It's not the people who, and that's not to say that we should, you know, just come live our lives willy-nilly, do whatever we want, be sinful, and then think, you know, we can go pull a speck, a speck out of someone else's eye while we have a plank in ours. I don't mean like that, but what I mean is, like, when we feel like, when we do know that we, we are putting God first, and we do love God more than anything, and we're trying our hardest, you know, to do the things that he says, but we just feel insecure and and weak and like we don't have it all together or I haven't maybe been I haven't been around maybe for a long time or I've messed up in the past or you know whatever I look at those things and Satan is just a really good master manipulator to get in our heads and and to feed on that insecurity like you don't have anything to offer anybody else well I can tell you guys this about 90% of what I say to the girls that I work with 90% of what I say to my daughter of what I say to anybody is out of weakness it's I struggle with this or this is a mistake that I've made in the past or you know this or that it's very rarely that I get to go to anyone and be like you should really follow me because I'm super good at this or (laughs) I really got this figured out and honestly when I can say that those are the things it's not that I do it's that God's word does and because I've thought (laughs) one of my girls is smiling at me because I always say it she's like you're so right and I'm like God's so right because I've just quoted you scripture like but honestly if I'm in my word and I'm really learning what God has to say and I'm pointing people towards God's word pointing them towards scripture and I'm saying that you know that's what he says here is that the reason why that I use the weak people and the reason why I use the people who are not the eloquent speakers or um, the super wise, you know, in the eyes of everyone else is because I want to show my power. And so, you know, one of the greatest compliments that anyone can ever give is when they say, well, if she can do it, then I can do it. You know, if she can have a good marriage, then I can because she comes from really bad stock. And, you know, and things are working out, you know, and she can, if she can come back from that, you know, from that sin, or if she can come from this or that. And like, you know, for me, I know I read these, like, I'm not the most eloquent speaker. I'm not this blah, blah, blah. I was that girl in high school who literally took the zero 100% F. So I did not have to get up and speak in front of people. I was not good with my words. I was the most shy, quiet. When I very first started coming around to church when I was in college, they were 
was back when we had the big video cameras, um, and they were video recording, and I literally, like, was, like, freaking out, like, about to have a panic attack, because I did not want to be on this camera, and then I just, like, went into the bathroom and cried for, like, 20 minutes. I look back, and I'm, like, feel so foolish, <laughs> but it, that's who I was. Like, that's who I am. Like, I'm very introverted. I'm very shy. Um... Uh, me and one of my friends, Lauren, we joke because our kids are very out, outspoken and extroverted. And she's like, I don't know what to do. Like, sometimes I'll spank her. I'll do whatever. And Charlie will just be like, oh, okay. But she, and I was like, well, with Jackson, we had to ground him from CrossChat. Like, he couldn't come out and see all of his college friends at CrossChat. And that got him. And so she, like, sends me this video the other day. And it's Charlie. And she's, like, losing her mind in her bedroom. <laughs> she's like, And she's like, I did it. I grounded her from CrossChat. I made her stay in the room by herself. And, um, and she's like, thanks so much for the help. And she's like, because from one introvert to another, we know it'd be our dream come true for someone to say during cross chat, you have to go in a room by yourself. And we'd be like, all right, see you later. Like, and she's like, I don't get this kid that I have. And I'm like, I don't get him either, but I'm, I'm learning what works. Like, but you know, I look at those things and I'm like, that's, that's who I am. Like, that's, I want to say that's who I am, but it's also who I was. Like I've changed a lot. I've grown a lot. Um, but m mostly because of just blind, okay, not blind, but sometimes just blind obedience to what God says. You know, it's like, okay, I know you're telling me to do this. I know you're telling me that I should go and, 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 you know, and speak and preach and preach the gospel. You know, I should go out and reach out to people like, oh my gosh, that terrifies me. The thought of talking to someone I don't know is horrible. The thought of confronting someone um, I don't care if you're my best friend in the whole wide world or if I don't know you at all. It's like I won't be able to sleep the night before. It's like vomit-inducing to me. But, like, that's what God tells me I need to do, so I'm going to do it. And and I can't say over time it has gotten easier, but when I look at this verse, I'm like, that's why. Because it's not me. Like, that's cool. Like, it's pretty awesome that if I go to someone and I show them God's word and I go to them with the right kind of heart and... Um, I love the part in one of the versions it says, um, I, um, sorry, my phone keeps flipping from whatever, one, one way to another. Um, he says, um, I came to you in weakness with great fear and great trembling. <laughs> one of the versions said, like, I came and was with you. And I like, and I love that part too, because it's telling me like, okay, if I go and I'm just with people and I hurt with people. And I care about people, and I can be trembling, and I can be fearful, and I can be weak. Um, and I go and I show them who God is and what kind of what kind of power God's had in my life. Then, then it's God who does it. Then it's God's power that changes people's lives. And I, I think as women, because we tend to be control freaks, not everybody, but a lot of us, we do contend, tend to be that way. We're like, I need to fix this. I need to be responsible for doing this. And so if something doesn't happen the right way, then we're like, I failed at that. See, I'm incompetent. I'm incapable of doing this. Um, you know, whatever it might be. But, you know, understanding that that God puts that pressure on his shoulders. And that's really encouraging for me. Um, I know some people are the complete opposite. They're very loud. They're very boisterous. They're very um, say what they think and, you know, um, to the point and whatever else. And, you know, you have your own special set of weaknesses, you know, coming in kindness, coming in, you know, with a soft, you know, a gentle answer and all those other things. Like, we all have our weakness. We all have the strength. Um, I mean, we all have the struggle. Um, 
But God says that if we if we go and we do these things and we are who we're supposed to be, then the message of the cross and the message of who God is and what he's done in his redemptive power and his redemptive love as seen in our lives is what's going to make the difference and that's what's going to change things and that's what's going to help people and um i know i say this almost every single time i ever talk to anybody but like still to this day when people will like write or say like i want to be like a mom like you someday sometimes i just want to be like no you don't like no you don't like or why how on earth can anybody ever possibly say that but I also know that that's because of God. Like, is it because I never mess up? No. Is it because I'm perfect? Absolutely not. Like, I still have so many things that I need to work on and so many things that I need to change. But because of who God is and because of what people have seen, like, in in my obedience to God, as ugly as it may be sometimes, um, it's really cool to see other women have that kind of hope. Because, like I said, I did not come from, um, we just did a lesson um, with my mother-in-law and my uh, sister-in-law and my daughter. And it's really funny because sometimes I'll, like, stand on the end and I'll be like, I don't, I'm just the black sheep. Like, you know, I'm like, I don't come from this. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, and then I told him, I prayed with him every night and he told him how much I loved him and God's plan. I'm like, yeah, I don't know what that's like. Like, that's, that's not what I had. Like, it was very much so, you know. A different, a different perspective, a different purpose, and whatnot. So I'm like, I'm learning this as I go, you know. But it's been really cool to see, to also get to see like my daughter be here, and to see so many other girls come in our in our campus ministry. But then also getting to see them become wives and mothers, and getting to see them be something, something, something completely different than what we all were when we were younger. And that's all because of God. And God says, like, I have this under control. Like, you go ahead and do it. You don't have to be the wisest. You don't have to be. Obviously, you guys can tell. I'm not the most eloquent or, you know, the, the bestest speech speaker in the world. Um, but I can share my heart. And I can. And God tells me that. He tells me, like, you may not like to do this. And you may think that you suck really bad. But, like, just go up there and share your heart. And do what I tell you to do and try to be the best godly woman that you can, you know, and I'm going to take care of everything for you. And I can look behind me and see that that's so true. Like I might feel incompetent, but it doesn't matter because God says, you don't have to be competent. I am. I've got it all taken control of, care of. And actually, if you were super competent and you were super wise and you were super awesome and everything, then it would be all about you and it wouldn't be about me. But instead, people are like, well, it's not her, clearly, because I know her, and she's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. And yet she still, you know, can have, you know, this really blessed life um, than I, than I can, too. And I've seen that happen, like I said, it's not just me. I've seen that happen over and over and over and over again. I can just speak for myself because I struggle with that insecurity, and I struggle with those lies that Satan feeds me and... <sighs> I'm just so very grateful, like I said, that I have the women in my life to give me the kick in the butt that I need to tell me when I need to change things and when I need to when I need to be um, something different. But also, I have those women in my life who are constantly encouraging me. Don't give up. This is worth it. You know, like it's it's going to be okay. Like keep going. And and in return, that I get to do that for other women is just it's just. I don't know, like I said, it's just not even something that I knew could exist before. And that's just why it's so important for us to just, you know, 
either not get stuck in our selfishness bubble of like, I got to take care of me. I got to make sure I'm okay. I don't want to worry about anything with anybody else. I don't, I mean, and there are those days when I get it and I'm like, well, people hate me. And if I just kept my mouth shut and I never said anything to anybody, then nobody would hate me. That would be awesome. Like then, you know, whatever. But then I look and say like, but their, but their lives wouldn't be any better. You know, like, but God's, what God has to say or what God wants to happen in life might not happen if I'm so worried about that. Or if we feel like we're, we're just too insecure, too scared to step up and do those things, then God's power isn't demonstrated as well. Or for somebody who just thinks like it's my, it's the man's job, you know, that it's his job to go out and do that, you know? And yeah, like I'm totally grateful that my husband has talents and abilities that I do not have. I am so grateful that he can do like this and this and this and that I can't. I'm grateful for the relationship that he has with the girls in my ministry and with my daughter. You know, he can say things to them that I can't say to them. That I'm like, I told you that like 14 times. But then when I, Carrie comes up and says, like, knock that off. You're acting this and this way. And they're like, oh, okay. Like, you know, it, it obviously goes both ways. But I do know that it. God called us to be a part of each other's life. And he called us to be the kind of friends and the kind of disciples that we don't just sit on the sidelines. He wants us to be involved. You look at women like Esther, Deborah. Um, oh my gosh, I have like a big long list. But, you know, I one of my favorite is the story of... Sorry. Like I said, I feel like I should... <laughs> Priscilla and Aquila, you know, when they're sitting there and they're preaching and they're teaching together and they invite people. They're probably my favorite. Like, I just love that, like, that whole story, you know, like, they're working together, they're teaching together, they're helping, you know, they're inviting people into their homes and different things like that. But, um, obviously the biggest, you know, there's only two books of the Bible named after women, and one of them is Esther. And you look at her, and she struggled with a lot of that stuff, feeling insignificant, feeling incapable, but she was a woman, and she had a unique position that she could go up there, and she could say something that other people might not be able to say because... The king, you know, he had a, he took a liking to her because she was beautiful and she was in that specific time at that specific place um, for a specific purpose. And because of her, you know, entire entire um, population was saved. And so when I look at that, I think, okay, how many times have I wasted that moment? How many people might have been saved, or how many people might have, you know, been able to walk away from? Uh, you know, the sin or not involved, got involved in this in their life, if I would have stepped up and been the kind of woman that I needed to be. Um, and so those are the things, um, those are the three things that why it's really important that we do lead one another and that we step outside our comfort zone or we're willing to be humble and take advice and listen and that we're also, you know, get the guts to say those difficult things to each other. It's why it's important that we're involved in each other's life, that we spend that time with each other, because we can't say anything to each other if we don't know each other at all, you know. And if you do have somebody um, in your life who's doing that, just, you know, just really make sure that you express that gratitude. I think that's something that I don't do enough. But um, if you don't have anybody in your life, I just really do encourage you to seek that out and find it. But like I said, like, you can always have somebody behind you. There will always be somebody that you can be reaching out to, that you can be sharing your life, your story with. Don't, you know, don't keep your story to yourself because there's somebody out there that's going to relate to it 100%. My daughter has a girl that just became a, a Christian in the youth ministry that she was reaching out to, and I was giving her a ride 
And all of a sudden, like, she just starts telling, like, her family story about what had happened. And it was scary how much our stories matched up. You know, and the other girls were kind of back there, you know, like, you know, like, talking back and forth. And I was like, that's crazy, Emily. Like, ours, like, that same exact thing happened to me. Like, my parents, my, that same thing happened with my parents' marriage and blah, blah, blah. And it was crazy because we instantly had this connection. And I instantly knew her heart and I knew her struggles. And I knew how she felt about certain things because I feel that same way when I think about my relationship with my dad and my, and my family. And so, you know, I just look at it and I'm like, okay, my story is not my own. My life isn't mine. God wants me to use these things because there's some other woman out there who needs it. So um, I'm going to end up here and then we'll be done. Um, dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for allowing us to get together again, like I said, and just um, talk. Um, I, I'm truly grateful for that verse because um, I do know that I don't always come with the most eloquent words or um, the most wisdom or, it, you know, looking or sounding the prettiest. But I know that your word is true. And I know that when we listen and we obey you and we put our hearts on the line and we love each other as women the way that you want us to, loving each other hard, um, loving each other with patience, um, that really amazing things happen, God. And I know that's why it's so important that we lead one another, why we step up and we, um, we're there for one another, God. I'm, I'm so very grateful for the women that you've put in my life and um, the ones that I've gotten to lead and the ones that have led me, God. Um, help us have a great rest of the day and a great rest of the conference, God. Please, um, please challenge us and show us the things that we need to change in our hearts, in our lives, God, so that we can... Um, be better disciples for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Can I have one more?